1: and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. I'm excited to introduce part two of a special three-part series about how reimagining the digital workplace presents a unique opportunity for organizations to transform the employee experience. This series is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Regional Sales Director at Tech Systems, Natalie Lister, and Workplace Services Solution Architect, Paul Valenzuela. Natalie, uh, first, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at Tech Systems?
0: Sure. Thanks for having me, Greg. Um, So I am, as you said, a regional sales director at Tech Systems. I'm responsible for guiding our sales team within two of our product lines, one being digital workplace services and the other technology operations management Um, been with Tech Systems for just over eight years now and really excited to talk a little bit more with you today about some of the transformation that we're seeing in the industry.
1: And what about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, so thanks again for having me. Solution Architect um, kind of um, encompasses probably three key areas of the entire lifecycle. One is the pre-sale side, which is primarily consulting our customers into um, a change that is about to take place and then actually making that change. So we call that transition support or implementation. And then once you get to the other side, is steady state or sustainment, so call that post sales consulting. So uh, I've been with Tech Systems about 10 years. Uh, however, I've been within Workplace Services Solution Consulting for the better part of
1: 25 years. Great. Looking forward to talking with both of you. So during the last 18 months or so, hybrid work has evolved from being a reactive stopgap measure to a fully embedded model for managing the future of work recent statistic from IDC estimates that two-thirds of organizations expect to have some type of permanent hybrid work model in 2022. The question many enterprises ask is, how do you sustain hybrid work models over time, especially as many consider the prospect of connecting employees who are in the office with those who are not? How are your customers approaching hybrid or remote work?
0: You know, first and foremost, our customers are working to get really clear on what hybrid in particular means to them. Um, You know, traditionally hybrid work would be any work that is one day or more out of the office with the remainder number of days being remote. And so, again, for each customer, the true meaning of hybrid is going to be unique or, or different to their business, their employee base, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then of course remote work 100 percent remote um, so i think getting the clarity for themselves between what that model means and looks like in the long term has been step number one for most of our customers and then the second half of that question um you know how do we ensure that employees are connecting in the right ways with uh the right partners whether they're in the office or not um, that's where the structure comes in. And that's been a really critical piece of strategy for our, our clients, you know, what collaboration activities are best suited to the office versus what ones can be done just as effectively or efficiently remotely. Um, how do we connect employees again those that are remote versus those that are within the four walls of the office and how does technology enable that process and that's really the work that a lot of our customers are in right now is defining that for themselves
2: having done what i do for the better part of 25 years you know previous to tech systems i was with a uh, top tier it services company uh, a company that kind of started outsourcing if you will and I've been remote for 22 years. At the early part of that 22 years, um, and I lived very close to the corporate office, is on Tuesdays and Thursdays is I would end up in the office for no other reason other than just engagement with the team, engagement with the leadership, engagement with the customer. Um, I don't know that we called it a hybrid back then, uh, but what I do know is the tools, technology, and processes were not as significant as they are today, right? So the advent of better tools, better technology, um, it's, it's almost like just it just happens. Now, one thing to be sure is um, we've got some solution architects that are part of my team that are strategically placed next to the solution centers. But I can see even that starting to change as we kind of evolve with our customers, because what we're finding is, for example, Teams, uh, WebEx, as long as we're video, and as long as we, you know, have all the tools and processes, um, you know, at our fingertips, I don't know that it's it's necessary to be within close proximity to a facility, because obviously um, the customers are going through the same thing, that if we're delivering a solution from their prem, is that we're not able to go on their prem either currently, right? So as Natalie stated, some of those processes and technology are still being figured out. Um, And then, you know, as some of those jurisdictional changes are taking place with COVID and social distancing requirements, um, they're starting a plan. And then they're backing out of that plan. So it's almost like they're playing Cotton Eye Joe. Take two steps forward, one step back, and still really trying to define that.
1: Yeah. As you're talking with customers, what are some of the big challenges around hybrid work they're dealing with, particularly when it comes to collaboration, when some employees are in in an office and others are remote?
2: I want to go back to what Natalie said. You know, what is hybrid? You know, whether it's two days a week, whether it's one day a week, uh, truly defining what it means to the customer and then determining what skills or knowledge workers really need to be within the close proximity or even on, um, you know, on a prem or in a facility. And I think that's the million dollar question that's being asked right now is, is if I could say this, who's who in the zoo, right, is who really needs to be there and for what reasons? And then HR comes in and says, well, is there a particular reason why you chose that persona? Because those employees will be asking, why does Johnny and Jane get to be off you know, remote um, 100% and why do we not get to, right? So that's the million dollar question right now. Um, and as customers are starting to create more flexibility in that, hybrid workforce is you know there is a cause and effect if we choose this knowledge worker to be hybrid but not this other one what's what's the possible impact because other companies might be offering that flexibility and we could potentially lose good solid performers
0: you know the increased demand for pcs and tablets as a result of this new model of working. Gartner predicted earlier this year that shipments would exceed 500 million units for the first time in history. So couple that with the supply chain issues that we're seeing and that's made, you know, that whole um, process logistically more more complex than ever. Um, And then how do you not just get the right equipment to your employees, but how does that now impact your evergreen, your refresh, your technology support strategies. So again, really challenging logistical uh, equations for our customers to figure out. And you know, layer in on top of that, that our talent pool has expanded by nature of customers and companies being more open to remote workers in some cases, as Paul mentioned, it's not physically possible for an employee to join their team in the office. Maybe they are across the country. Um, And so that's where technology, again, comes into play. Collaboration tools and platforms, um, customers setting up Zoom rooms, um, platforms like Microsoft Teams, of course. So how do we then again, implement technology that enables that point of connection when it's not physically possible for teams to be together, or as Paul says, it just doesn't make sense by proxy of the role that they play.
1: When at least part of your workforce is remote, what do you think the role of the physical office will become? Or maybe how is it already being used by organizations in potentially different ways
0: Sure, I think to make a very general statement, the role of the physical office um, for most companies will become that of a true collaboration space um, or an environment for those employees that aren't able to set up the right home office environment or quite simply need a break from the home office environment every now and then. So I think it's gonna be a much more transient space than it was historically. Um, but pre-pandemic, a lot of a lot of our customers were already exploring hotel-style desk spaces, um, collaboration rooms that were reservable, and piloting different technologies like you know tech lockers for employees to be able to come into collaboration space, grab the tech that they needed to make the meeting happen, um, and then leave it for the next team member. So. Um, Again, I think it's going to be very much focused on collaboration versus historically, uh, very dedicated spaces.
2: Well, you know, <clears throat> hate to keep going back, but you know, 20 years ago, again, I was part of an organization, a global organization, IT services. Um, this company out of Palo Alto, California, you might know of it. Uh, I won't mention the name, but we had the Southwest corporate facility in Dallas, Texas. And we had four very large office uh, settings, uh, probably upwards of about 7,000 employees would frequent that particular campus on any given day. And as remote became an option, and then hybrid became more of an option, is over an 18-month period, that 7,000-employee community, um, went from four big, large facilities and a data center down to one office and not even a data center. And so just in 18 months alone, right? So now let's pivot 20 years later is prior to COVID um, impacting you know, the world. We had three primary solution centers within tech systems that were Uh, occupied by our service desk analyst and some leadership. So you had Dallas, you had Baltimore, and you had Manila, Philippines. When COVID hit, um, approximately a 1,000 service desk analysts started working from home. Now, 18 to 24 months later, those, call it 750 of that 1,000, are still working from home. And so now the question becomes from a business perspective is, okay, so what do we do as COVID and social distancing is no longer a thing, is what do we do if we know we're not going to ever go back to full brick and mortar facilities, three of them, of the seven we have across the globe, um, what do we do with the unoccupied space? Do we start to lease it out? Do we sell it back? Certainly we can't keep it. Um, So now it becomes a business decision, right? And um, so there's obviously a conundrum that's that's about to take place. You got the human element and then you got the business element. I think the customers are really looking for us as the provider to figure all that out in and amongst all the other challenges that they might be having as they're considering a change from maybe insourcing to outsourcing. That is now our issue to help resolve.
1: Well, and let's talk about that human element too. Uh, So pre-pandemic, a huge concern of many orgs was employee productivity. Uh, Now, 18 months later, companies are rethinking this whole concept of productivity and what it means. Are organizations still struggling with productivity in a hybrid work environment or have they kind of figured that out? Where, Where do things stand there?
2: Yeah, so certainly, you know, centralized service desk, call centers is not new. Um, and so how we measured call it attendance is by way of call it in an intelligent tool or platform, uh, the automated call distribution system. I log in when I'm ready to work and I log out when I'm not ready to work. And because these platforms are, are cloud based, the concept of how I measure attendance is the same. That doesn't change. Um, However, as the day progresses, am I in adherence or am I out of adherence, right? And again, we can measure that from wherever we are um, and wherever it is that we're delivering. So that in itself hasn't changed and I don't believe it will change. But what has changed is the cadence or tempo or or deliverance of the team leaders or queue managers measuring adherence measuring attendance or non-attendance right before it may have been beginning of the shift and the end of the shift now it's i need to measure it every hour every two hours because obviously if i'm at home and i might have small children or a family Uh, that is close by, perhaps even in the next room is I'm going to be distracted. So do I go out of adherence? So again, using the tools, but being a little bit more deliberate and and almost, if I could use the term cliche, is don't expect what you don't inspect. We have all the tools, we have all the processes, but we need to be more deliberate now than ever.
0: I think to add on to what Paul has shared already. Um, We've had clarity for a long time uh, in the workplace services space when we think about teams like service desk teams, technology support teams, and we've gotten pretty good at measuring KPIs that not only solve the problem, but also drive the right behaviors. And what we're seeing now is an extension of that mentality to the bigger picture. customers now are really just starting to come up for air and think about okay how should we be measuring productivity right what does that look like per job function um what does success look like for this role if that hasn't been clearly defined before versus measuring keystrokes or you know hours connected to the company server Um, there are unique cases how do you measure and account for differences between Someone who's working from home and totally dedicated for eight hours a day versus someone with a lengthy commute or someone who is required to uh, drive around the city to meet different customers over the course of the day. So there is a lot of discussion and it is absolutely a focal point of strategy building for the years to come. Um, How do you define that for the broader community, the broader organization?
1: And so in this hybrids and sometimes fully remote workforce, um, how do you measure if your people are doing a good job or not, can or should technology play a role in that?
0: Yeah, I think technology can and should, um, but it needs to be thoughtful. Um, You know, you need to be employing technology, one, that for the most part, your employees are clear on what they're being measured by, right, as Paul said you know, who's who in the zoo and, and what are they responsible for doing? Um, it, it's a sensitive topic and a sensitive area. And I think most of the customers that I've spoken to on this topic are, are really just in the discovery phase um, because there's a sense of privacy and um, confidentiality that needs to be addressed, but there are also benefits of course of employing um, for lack of a better term, monitoring type technology. So you've got to strike a balance that achieves, you know, what you're after, which is measurement productivity, while at the same time not having your employees feel like they're under surveillance.
2: Yeah, you know, earlier Natalie mentioned a, a, a key acronym, right? KPI, key performance indicators, um, not necessarily service level agreements or service level objectives, right? Is is How many tickets am I opening and closing? How fast am I answering the phone? Um, What is my customer satisfaction? These are all good metrics, but what wasn't measured as often as it is now and really means something is the employee satisfaction index, right? Now what we're hearing and being a little bit more deliberate is A team leader, supervisor, delivery manager saying to their team, hey, Johnny, Jane, how are you doing? How are you coping with this? Is there anything I can do? And that's not a tool and that's not a technology, but maybe as you're asking these questions is there is a technology play there. I don't think we have figured that out. Right. Um, now, recently, the organization took a survey and we did use a tool and technology. We gathered all the analytics and, you know, we very um, precisely, you know, establish all the metrics and we made them all nice and pretty. And, and now we're starting to share and socialize the outcomes of that. Now, what's the plan around that and how can we get our our people to help influence a better outcome of that. Because at the end of the day, um, we, although we are a technology services company, our people are our product. And if we're not listening to them, if we're not somewhat addressing their concerns, productivity will fail. Uh, Customers will go to someone else. Um, The service will be uh, less than maybe what it could be if we're not listening and um, reacting or acting upon those challenges that our, our employees are in fact seeing.
1: So when it comes to how people switch between solo work where you know, it's heads down, I know what I need to do, uh, I know what project I'm working on versus more collaborative work where you know, I would need to be interacting with a lot of different people to even decide what's going to be prioritized, what comes next. Um, how should organizations address these different modes of work in this in this hybrid remote work model? Do they just let things happen organically, or does there need to be a more formal structure around how to work in, in these environments?
2: You know, I, I I think it was said earlier on as senior leaders, organizations, HR are starting to contemplate you know, what are the personas? What are the knowledge workers that could and should work remotely or in the hybrid is now getting down to the individual is, is that individual equipped with good time management, good organization management, and can work um, without having, um, say, day-to-day engagement with your leader. Again, I go back to, I've been doing this for 20, 25 years um, and I manage my time and I know exactly what is more urgent than than say another particular item on my to-do list, but not all people um, are, are called wired that way, uh, nor is their, call it functional workflow designed that way, right? So I think it's really on a case-by-case basis that... Um, and then as we start to figure that out, again, how do to tools, technology, process, and even the human element play a role in that. And it's not an easy answer. And there is no silver bullet. I, I guarantee you that. But one thing that is for certain, um, you know, as we're on team meetings, for example, we meet with the architect team once a week. We meet with the senior delivery management team once a week. And what we have establish is some rules of engagement is when you come onto the team phone or conference call you're actually showing yourself on the video so that we know that you are present not just a voice out there waiting to be asked a question but that you're there you're present you're visible um things of that of of that nature
0: you know i think paul's summarized it really well structure um, has to come in the form of just clear expectations um, around things like hey when we're on a, a group call collaboration call everyone's cameras are on and everyone's engaged. Um, I also think technology and consistency in technology plays a huge part, a lot of customers have multiple platforms or tools that their employees have access to or historically have had access to and they're looking at now how do we streamline that how do we call our shot on what is our tool of choice to ensure that everyone is communicating in the same forum um, versus historically some very fractional um, ability to collaborate because people had access to too many different uh, different choices as to how to. Actually, do that and connect with their team members.
1: Can you walk me through some examples of ways that Tech Systems has helped companies navigate remote work or improved productivity for your customers?
0: Yeah, a lot of our customer conversations have been centered on automation. So, how can automation technologies and tools be leveraged to better support the remote or hybrid workers? Um, whether it is giving them the ability to access self-service versus tapping into a tech support team, um, whether it is automating what was low-level support work historically, um, what are the ways that, again, technology can enable a more efficient and productive work environment. Um, and then tech's also been extremely involved with a lot of customers' return to office strategies. So. Providing the thought leadership and in lots of cases, the actual physical teams to facilitate the technical support that's required to get employees set up in the quote unquote new office environment. If they're a hybrid worker or if they're going back to the, full, the office full time. Um, and again, in other cases, a big part of that return to office strategy has been, okay, how do we go forward with a plan that just as seamlessly supports those remote workers as well?
2: You know, the only thing I would add to what Natalie just said, um, what I commonly see or hear coming to the table at the beginning of a project initiative engagement is data security. You know, data security has always been a very important element of uh, information services, if you will, right? But now what we're seeing is that they've got a seat at the table and they're being very deliberate before... You know, you might protect some of your data, your information behind four walls, calling that a data center, calling it a solution center. Maybe you're doing some of this work on-prem. Now that we're remote and we're going through, tunneling through, say, a virtual private network, is can we protect the customer's information just as well? And what we're seeing and hearing is, our uh, CISOs, our data security analysts is really saying, I think we can. Tools, technology and process have really evolved to the point where we don't have to be as adverse as we maybe once were. So again, everything Natalie said, but again, I think the data security element is making sure that we don't just check that box but making sure that we're assured and comfortable that the way in which we will do remote work or hybrid work, isn't, uh, constraining us from, from moving the dial from an anywhere, any device, any user type of world.
1: Well, thank you both so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way to keep up with what you and tech systems are doing in this space?
0: Uh, just head to TechSystems.com. It has everything that you need in one central place.
1: Wonderful. Again, I'd like to thank Natalie Lister and Paul Valenzuela from Tech Systems for joining the show. Learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective at TechSystems.com. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to the Agile World. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world